welcome, welcome, welcome. That wasn't as loud as I expected it, honestly. No. I honestly expected you just kind of like ease into it, like coast and neutral. No, just I don't do that. That that would have been nice though. I, t- I tell everyone, hey, headphone warning, and then yeah. I'm like, hello, everyone. <laughs> yeah, one day he's just gonna hit us with some straight ASMR shit. <laughs> hello. He's got the mic for it. Like, there it is. Like there it is. I just got to get like right in on it. Uh, but yeah, welcome. You're listening to Hunting Pixels, the one and only official video game podcast of Culture Bop. We have quite a show for you today. Uh, we've got a very special topic of the show that's going to breed a, uh, a very in-depth conversation. Um, Austin is going to do his usual thing where he gets on a soapbox about probably anime. Uh, we have some games to talk about. Strangely enough, there is a cyberpunk sighting on our What Have We Been Playing? Uh, and, of course, we will have our picks of the week. I am your host, the one with the most, the one and only Bebop Man, Josh McMullen. And I am joined today by my two co-hosts, as always, Dylan Martin. <laughs> <laughs> Because I didn't write this down in the intro. You were doing uh, great up until that point. Yeah, I was like, I, I can think of a nickname real quick up top. but And then it just didn't happen. It did not. Uh, and then Austin Stevens. And we are joined today by my buddy, special guest, Dr. Fumbles, Mr. Ben Warren. Thank How you, thank going, you. Everyone? I don't like this whole not nickname thing. We need to start the fuck over. This is weird. <laughs> it is weird. We're already going to have a weird episode now, and it's you fucked up the whole vibe. Dude, I, I have a I've lost my voice, and uh, we'll go I find didn't give nicknames. I didn't even finish the introduction. Like bad episode, guys. But that, okay, but you were doing great up until it came time for me. you were you were you fumbled a little gonna, hard I'm, there. Well, but. yeah, it's funny how Ben's name is Doctor Fumbles, but you're the one who you know. Aaron Rodgers the ball and just dropped it and fumbled. <laughs> That's the best thing I've heard all day. <laughs> uh, he, he only only knows Aaron Rodgers' name because he doesn't sports ball, and that he knows so that I'm a true. Packers fan. Yep. Oh, I thought it was the Patriots. God, I hate you. So much. <laughs> <laughs> You're the worst kind of person. Uh, oh, so we're not talking about Tom Brady being the greatest quarterback of all time. No, that's no, not why I was brought here. <laughs> these, <laughs> these guys don't sports ball. Uh, we will be talking about some sports ball, which is exactly why I brought you in, though. Um, for for context, uh, I have brought in Ben because Ben is uh, maybe the biggest Xbox fanboy I know, um, which is uh, not saying much because I was a pretty big Xbox fanboy for a real long time. Um, but, uh, as part of our topic today, we'll be talking about the MLB, the show coming to game pass. So, uh, I wanted to bring him in specifically to talk about game pass and the sports games. Um, so yeah, we, we, God, for how long did we do a franchise in Madden Ben? It was like a solid, what, five or six years in a row? Well, actually, our first franchise was Madden 2012, and oh. we did not stop until Madden 20. So, yeah, so there we go. That was Cause, two years. Because <laughs> you did this thing called get a, a lady friend and quit yeah. playing video games for a while. It is is true. I'm, I started a video game podcast after not playing video games for a real long time. <laughs> Good God. But, 
but I've uh, I've actually been playing a lot more games uh, the last year, so that's good. Um, it's a but start. anyway, we're we're getting off topic. We're getting off topic. Yeah, and for anyone who's about to you know close the podcast because they think this is going to be a sports game podcast, it totally isn't. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it is not. It is not. People listening, we promise it'll get better. It's a it's a facet of it for sure, but it will not. Um, so usually this is where uh, we'll hop right into media, and I usually start the thing, but uh, I didn't do much of anything this week because I was too damn busy. Thank God. God, I hate you so much. <laughs> It's weird. We're not going to talk about one movie for an hour and a half. Uh, like 15 minutes, but... Uh, I know, that was the joke. Austin, what, what is this fucking stupid-ass soapbox that you're going to tell us about? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking if I even wanted to do it, because I was like, I know that no one else in this, in this fucking... Is it anime-related? It is. N- n- yes and no. Yes okay. and no. Yes and no. Um, it's about a very specific uh, live action movie that was just announced uh, for Netflix. And the reason why I'm fucking mad about it. Oh, I know exactly what you're going to say. Yeah. I think you're wrong. No, like, but go no. Ahead. Go ahead. The, the reason why I'm fucking mad about it is because you have uh, very incompetent writers like the people who work for IGN that um, spread these fucking articles that are like, oh, Netflix is doing a Netflix original live adaptation Gundam movie. No, that's not what's happening. But that's all anybody thinks is happening. It's because you got places like IGN fucking saying that's what's happening, and they don't actually um, write good fucking articles. Uh, Everybody shits on this movie or is already shitting on the movie when there's literally no details about the movie at all anything the only thing we know about the uh the live action gundam movie is we know who's directing it and we know who's writing it and that's it mm-hmm. that's straight up it there's nothing else uh i mean it doesn't even have a fucking title um but you know everybody saw places like ign saying that um it was going to be a netflix original and netflix does not have a good fucking track record uh, as far as uh, making original uh, anime adaptations, I didn't watch Death Note because I don't like the anime, so I definitely wasn't going to like the movie. You would have killed yourself, probably. Yeah, I, I heard it. I, I've been told the only good thing about the movie was Willem Dafoe, and that is not even saying much. Hands down, stole the show. Movie still sucked ass. Yeah, um, and then they had the they they had a live action Full Metal Alchemist that was absolute hot fucking garbage. Um, it started out good for like the first thirty forty five minutes, and then it kind of went to shit about halfway through. Uh, live action Bleach movie they did everybody said was terrible. I didn't watch it because I I've never watched the anime, so I don't know if I like it or not. Uh, I think I watched like the first season or something. Never got back into it. But you you could really phrase this as not as Netflix does bad anime adaptations live action. It's just anime adapted to live action is bad. Uh, I don't think that's <laughs> the case though. <laughs> I am struggling to find one that I the, think was the, ever the only, good. The only one that I've ever seen that. I thought was actually good is, and I know Josh is immediately about to have his skin crawl and roll his eyes. If you eyes. say Ghost in the Shell, just go ahead and leave chat. I am going to say Ghost in the Shell because that's, Le- that's leave the chat. only one that was even remotely close to being good. I'm not saying it's a good movie because the story was kind of all over the fucking place. 
but it at least got the aesthetic of the universe down, and that's more than we can say about any other live action yeah, anime I, I adaptation. Even think did that? No. <laughs> how? I, I thought aesthetically, the, the Full Metal Alchemist one was pretty true to what My it was doing. My problem with the Full Metal Alchemist one is it just the costumes looked really cheap, and they ended up just looking like cosplay characters the whole time. Mm-hmm. It looks like they grabbed a bunch of cosplayers and filmed the movie. And that might just be because of Netflix's budget for that movie or whatever they were doing with it. But so, so let me, let me, we're, we're going to move on in just a second, but I want to poke a hole in this real quick. You're saying Netflix did all these other movies, but Netflix just got the streaming rights for them. And you're about to say that Netflix actually isn't doing this Gundam movie and everyone's reporting on it as it is. You can't Mm -hmm. be shitting on these movies saying Netflix did that. And then also in the same breath being like, well, Netflix isn't doing this Gundam movie. Well, no, and if you'd let me finish, you would, you know, get a full, complete uh, thought. Okay, okay. Um, the reason oh, why I, I, the reason why I genuinely don't think this movie is going to be as bad as the internet is already calling it to be is because uh, Bandai and Sunrise have stepped in, and they they have full they have they did an interview a couple of days ago stating that as far as cre- designs and creative control goes, they have all of that. They are handling every bit of that. They're not yeah. letting. They're not letting in. They're not letting uh, legendary do it. They're not letting them handle concept art or mobile suit design or, from what I've read, even the fucking story details. Um, obviously, the script is going to be written by a dude. Oh, I can't remember that dude's name, but he's the guy who wrote the who wrote for fucking Lost. Uh, Damon Lindelof. No, okay. that's not what I got in that search result. That, that's that's the only guy that I know of. But anyway. Yeah, and then I I don't know how I feel about the director because I don't know how I felt about Kong Skull Island. I don't know if I think it's a good movie. I don't know if I think it's a terrible movie. But I awesome, really. I I thought so. I, I mean, I don't know if I would call it like a great movie, but uh, that's kind of where I'm at with these like, monster movies. It's a hundred percent enjoyable. I'll say. That. Yeah, that and that's kind of how I feel about them too. I feel like they're fun rides, but like that's kind of it. Um. But I, I think that having the, the two companies, uh, you know, that literally created the fucking franchise being in full creative control, uh, I, I'm not expecting it to be good, but I'm expecting it to be fine. And I think people should just chill the fuck out. And that's my soapbox, because that's really the only thing I've done this week. <laughs> I haven't done a whole lot of anything. I've had plenty of free time. I've just been lazy as hell. Oh, well, that's, that, that's fun. Just been uh, laying on a couch for twelve hours a day, Dylan. You've you've streamed exactly once last week. Yep, and that's pretty much it. So we can move on because what I streamed was the <laughs> game that I'll talk about later. So that's really it. Jesus, fair enough. Uh, is the is the work just doing your schedule <laughs> dirty? Yeah, I mean the earliest. I mean, I I didn't work today, so it's fine. But the earliest I get off on most days is seven thirty. So yeah. Yeah, At that point, I'm pretty dead. <sighs> well, all right. Uh, ben, is there anything that you did this last week that you want to talk about? I know you're a, a new dad, so that's that's got to be fun. That, that's what I do now. <laughs> <laughs> you get in a little bit of playing games and then... and then Yeah, I have a... Time. Right, I've done a... Well, it's actually dad first, and then when he well, goes to yeah, sleep, yeah. some games. <laughs> uh, honestly, big things I've been playing lately has been a lot of Rocket League and mm-hmm. iRacing have been my two big things that I've been doing. Rocket League just started a new season, so trying to get that Rocket Pass powered through, get all them goodies. Yeah. 
Always, always trying to get the goodies. Uh, but yeah, so we didn't do anything this week, so let's go ahead <laughs> and we'll move into... We're all boring this week. We're just so boring. Um, all right, so video games are an ever-evolving medium, and we're constantly finding new ways to play. Uh, whether it be new streaming techs like, you know, Amazon Luna or Google Stadia or... Rest in peace. Like, right, uh, rip Google Stadia. <laughs> Uh, or or virtual reality, you know, coming from the likes of Valve's HTC headsets or Sony's PlayStation VR or, you know, the what's the, the relatively cheap one? Uh, Oculus Quest. Um, but on top of that, there are constant innovations in tech that bring the scope of what video games can do into a massive world. And at the forefront of those conversations in recent years has been Microsoft's Xbox brand. With the Xbox One X being a powerhouse at the time of launch, the Series X being touted as the most powerful console ever created and the adaptive controller giving disabled people the ability to play games microsoft has been pushing tech into new frontiers even with all of that said possibly microsoft's biggest innovation has been game pass it's netflix style gaming library the subscription service has taken the world by storm amassing a gigantic subscriber base in just a handful of years and the recent acquisitions such as outriders and mlb the show which we will get to it is only getting bigger. With it becoming a hugely popular service, Game Pass is making leaps towards changing the video game industry forever. And that's what we plan to talk about for you today. So, the first thing I want to ask you guys, uh, in, in kind of general, is what do you think about Game Pass? And what maybe... How did so Game Pass was first announced in I believe 2017? I could be wrong. I'm gonna look. You're right. It's 2017. I've got it right here. Okay, so it was first, uh, you know, announced and released in 2017. Um, and at the time, I can say for me, I was like, "This is interesting," but uh, I don't know how I feel about it. So I'll yeah. look into it and and whatever. Uh, but how how did you guys feel about it? Uh, I, I guess we'll start with Ben. When when it first happened, how did you feel about it? And maybe how do you feel about it now? I was really intrigued when I first heard about it because uh, the, the concept wasn't necessarily new. Uh, before Game Pass released, uh, EA was actually running something called EA All Access, mm-hmm. which I had been a big proponent of um, when it first launched. So I saw Game Pass. It's like, oh, it's just going to be... Xbox's version of EA All Access. I like it, and the big thing I'll say is, uh, as a former employee of a stop of games, I enjoyed selling consoles and telling people about Game Pass. Because instead of me having to sell somebody a $500 console and then another $120 in games, I could be like, you don't know what you want to play yet. Here, buy this $14 subscription get to play games for a month, figure out what you like, and then let's go from there. So I thought it was a great tool that wasn't necessarily used well in the retail space because they were more concerned about, oh, I don't want you know physical copies not to be sold. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, Austin, do you, yes. how, did you, how did you feel about it? Um, I didn't give a shit about it at first uh, because when they first announced it and they were first doing it, um, I thought it was a cool idea. But I distinctively remember like browsing the, you know, not small, but also not like, you know, large catalog they had to start with at first. 
Um, and just nothing on it interests me enough at the time to actually subscribe to it. I don't think I subscribed to Game Pass until 2019, maybe. Okay. Uh, when they actually started having more stuff that I was like, oh, shit, like, that'd be cool to play that I don't have to fucking pay for. Um, and then they, uh, when did they start, when did they start, like, uh, moving uh, first-party releases, like, day one to Game Pass? Uh, the uh, first one was Sea of Thieves, and that was yeah. March 20th, 2018. Mm, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't, I've never touched that game before. Um, but uh, I, I think the first time I really ever paid attention to that was... Uh, when they uh, launched Gears Five, and it was it was day one Game Pass was like the first time I ever noticed that that was even a thing. Um, mm. I think that's really fucking cool. Uh, I think that if you own an Xbox and you don't have Game Pass, um, I don't understand why. Because you you I mean it is what it is. You literally get all of their uh, first party releases on day one for what what is it now like fifteen dollars a month uh, for fourteen ninety nine. Yeah, for Ultimate, I don't even, I never, I haven't looked at the price of it in probably a year. But, um, yeah, I, like I said, I think if you own an Xbox and you don't use it, uh, I think you should at least definitely look into it and see if there are any games on your, uh, any games you'd be interested in that are, interested in that are on it. I know recently they, uh, I say recently, but it was probably maybe a month or two ago. Um, I know all of the Kingdom Hearts games are available on a console-only version of Game Pass. Um, that's really fucking cool. If you feel like replaying those games again, Dylan. Um, but yeah, I, I think everybody should at least try it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, you just brought up Dylan, Dylan, you almost exclusively play on PC. So I did X did, uh, not Xbox, but did game pass <laughs> even like intrigue you a little bit? Yeah. <clears throat> I think when it came out, you know, I thought it was really great for the people who could immediately take advantage of it and truly did care about it, uh, especially on console. For me, I have had it before. I have played a few things through Game Pass to the point I can't even remember. Um, I think I played just a little bit of a Plague Tale, you know, Forza Horizon 4, stuff like that. And I'm looking back at the list now. And my thing is, like, I have Steam. I like all my games to be located in one area which I'm starting to get over a little more with Epic Game Store. Um, so that's why Game Pass <laughs> intrigues me more now. Yeah. Because I'm looking and there's a lot. I mean, I could see myself playing. I think this goes in alphabetical order, so I can't see what the newest stuff they have is. I mean, maybe I can. But there's a lot that I could see myself playing. And I forgot they had the whole Bethesda thing, too. So, mm-hmm. you know, I really don't want to buy fallout 4 but i think it'd be cool just to <laughs> dabble in it on there yeah for sure um so there's certain appeals to it i think it's a fantastic idea for literally everyone who actually has an xbox i mean you can get all the first party titles there you can get so many other great games you can play stuff like dead by daylight and don't starve um there's something for everyone you can go jrpg you can go first person shooter i mean there's just everything um so great idea from Microsoft. It's something we've talked about before. Like it sets them apart. It's the one thing that they did right and have just continued to do right since that point. Um, and it just keeps propelling them forward. I love it as a concept. I just don't take advantage of it. Like I probably should. Mm-hmm. I would say I've, I've probably used game pass more on my PC than anything. 
um, because most of those uh, first-party titles are coming out on console and PC. And to me, when you talk about um, something Microsoft's done right with this, if you have a PC with Game Pass, you really don't need an Xbox. All of your first-party exclusives are coming to PC, so for, you know, the budget-minded gamer, you want a next-gen console, grab the PS5, because you can play almost all your Xbox stuff on your PC, depending on, on the level of PC you have. Yeah. So I think that's great. Um, the other thing is, we were talking earlier about the price point. If you break down a monthly, since you have to have Xbox Live Gold to play online, if you, again, go into the console, $9.99 a month just for Xbox Live Gold. Well, now $14.99, you're getting Game Pass. You're only paying $5 extra for this subscription service. And now uh, Game Pass has EA Play, which is the new renovation for EA All Access that we talked about earlier. So not only do you have access to all these Microsoft Bethesda titles, you have access to Mass Effect Dragon, all the sports titles, Need for Speeds, stuff like that, and all that for $14.99 a month. Like, mm-hmm. Unless it's a brand new game that you know is not going to hit Game Pass, there's really no reason to go buy a game anymore. And okay. with the addition of stuff like Outriders, now MLB The Show... You never know when that AAA title that you're looking for, you're looking forward to coming out, it's going to end up on Game Pass, where you get it day one with no additional charge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, that's. I think the next thing that I was going to ask about it was uh, like how, as in terms of value, like uh, I mean, we'll we'll kick it back to you, Dylan. How, do you think that the <laughs> the subscription price is worth it for the like the amount of games and the quality of games you get? Yeah, because it's not it's not a lot. Um, I mean, it's literally. I would say it's almost a little overpowered. <laughs> like it's a stupidly good price. Honestly, yeah. Um, you see something like that, and you see the 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 package that it comes with. It's massive. Mm-hmm. You know the perks of it and everything like that too. It's huge. I mean, it's one of the most fantastically priced deals I have ever seen. Um, they they knock it out of the park in every way, shape, and form with Game Pass. There's, no, I mean, there's no faults to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I 100% agree with that. And one of the things that I think is is really interesting is like y- you pointed out, like there are so many like really like the amount of games is is breathtaking. I, th- I saw an infographic the other day that said it was like 238 games on just console, and then if you add like that with the PC version, like you have a total of 500 games. I think that's a little obnoxious because they're double counting games that are on both PC game pass and Xbox game pass. But, but still the, the fact of the matter is, is like you've got close to 300 games on yeah. game pass alone and they're only charging you 15 bucks a month for it. And mm-hmm. the quality of games that you get is insane. Like you get the big triple a titles, but you also have these really awesome like little indie titles. Like there are games on Game Pass that I would have never probably paid money for, but they're on Game Pass, so why the fuck not? You know what I mean? Like uh, uh one game that I picked up off of Game Pass pretty recently was uh this was Genesis Noir. Uh I haven't played a whole lot of it, but I know that it is a game that like now that I know that it's available or, or maybe that's the wrong way to phrase this, but now that I've played it and I know that it is a quality title, I would pay money for this game. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
Yeah. So uh, I think I I don't even know that we need to <laughs> even belabor the point because uh, the amount of games and the quality of games is there. But uh, Ben, <clears throat> for you because you play on PC, how do you feel about the quality of the service itself? Uh, like in terms of like like how does it perform with you on PC and and like how is it? I, <sighs> The only the only issue I've had with it is some of the EA Play titles, because okay. EA Play requires you to use EA Desktop to play the titles, and since that's a beta function they have, it is a little wonky. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I've had no issues other than standard just PC issues, not anything to do with the game. Um, okay. The issues I have are with games that I had before Game Pass was just because I got added to the Game Pass server hasn't changed the issues I had before kind of thing. So I wouldn't, I would say overall, I mean, the service works as intended. Uh, I think the issue you run into with some people is in more rural areas, your internet connection isn't as good. So you're spending days to download titles or hours to download titles, and not getting mm-hmm. to play them or you're not getting a good connection. that and the other. The app can be a bit confusing from a design standpoint. On console, I feel it's worse than on PC. But that's because the new Xbox interface is just kind of all over the place. Mm. Uh, It's funny you say that. I kind of feel the exact opposite. I hate the PC Uh. design of Game Pass. (laughs) You know, looking back at it, I see that the game that I actually played was one of my top games last year. It's Minecraft Dungeons. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was on Game Pass. I forgot yeah, about that. That's where I was playing it through. So, again, Game Pass brought me one of my favorite games from last year, so that was great. Um, I mean, it's tempting looking back at it now. I mean, that's how good it is. It's someone I love Steam. Apparently, there's talks of it coming to Steam. I saw that rumored somewhere. Um, don't know how that would work, but I'll take it. But it's, I don't know. It's enticing. Like, every time I look at it, it's like, why am I not doing this? Yeah. Um, I don't know. So, uh, Austin, uh, something I wanted to bring up with you specifically, because you're, I mean, you're always buying games. And I know that you're like a physical guy, but like, mm-hmm. so one thing that I think is is extra um, interesting uh, is that Game Pass gives you quests that you yeah. can partake in, and they actually earn you money, more or less, to buy games digitally. Mm-hmm. Uh, it. it as someone who is kind of like physically minded or whatever, does that entice you at all? Cause um, I mean, it, physical games are fucking expensive. Yeah. Uh, it does entice me for the simple fact that, uh, yeah, I, I am physically minded, but mind you, I'm, I'm only physically minded when it comes to Nintendo. I really hate hmm. how much we're saying physically for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> I just, it's really getting to me. Let's get physical. I I I, I buy digital on on literally every other platform. Um, I just I, I don't know. I have a weird thing with Nintendo, and I only want to buy stuff on Nintendo physically. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Um, <sighs> one of the things I I, I was going to say earlier about uh, Game Pass when we were talking about like the value of it and such, like I, I, I just sent a, uh, 
I sent a link in the uh, private channel on the Discord um, that Dylan that that fucking game Dylan sent is still fucking there. We haven't said enough there to <laughs> what? get rid of that. Oh. Um, yeah, Dick Dine and Dash, baby. God damn it! Uh, but so I, I sent a link of uh, a, a, of an article that was written two days ago that lists every single game uh, between the between both versions that's available on Game Pass. Mm. Um, and it, the thing about Game Pass that makes it such a good fucking value is there really is something on here for any mood that you can possibly be in, like you, like. I don't know about you guys, but I know I get in certain moods where I'm like, uh, like I really just want to play a first-person shooter, or I really want to spend like six hours and play a fucking RPG. Um, and and there's something there's something for every genre and every demographic on fucking Game Pass. Um, like I saw, they just recently added a Octopath Traveler uh, to Game yep. Pass. That's what really cool. I'm I'm still gonna wait to play it until I buy it on the Switch. But um, I mean, that's really fucking cool. That if I ever get fed up with uh uh, waiting for it to go on sale because I'm not paying full price for it at this point. That's just not going to happen. Um, then you know, I can say fuck it and just download it on PC and play it off Game Pass. And I think that's really fucking cool. Uh, you know, they have all of the Halos, which oddly enough, except for Halo 5, which is fucking weird. Yeah, that is weird. Um, but then again, they also have every Doom game except for Doom 2016. Which yeah, I also. I'm, I'm starting to wonder if that's like just because of like contract stuff that they've got. Like else probably because uh, Doom 2016 was actually on Game Pass until March of last year. It was removed from Game Pass uh, yeah. when Doom Eternal came out. Um, so maybe that's why. Maybe they'll add it back on again. Maybe there's something in the contract that says, okay, well, it's got to be off for like this amount of time. Or I don't know why that would be a thing, but I also have no idea what's in those fucking contracts. So, um, but uh, yeah, I fucking value of it is insane. Yeah. Uh, I, so, I, I mean, I think we are all in agreement that Game Pass is a great yeah. value. Uh, sounding but, like an ad. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just here suckling on the teat of Game Pass. Uh, I might have stumbled around the question a little bit trying to get back to what I was trying to say earlier, but... Um, as far well, as no, the, I think it. I think that what you're saying though ties perfectly into that. Like, oh, okay. Well, it, then I'm not going to try anymore. Oh, well, <laughs> no, no, no. Like, uh, I'm just saying, like, so it provides you a great value, and then it also incentivizes you to like to buy the games through the quest. Like, I, I think yeah. it's a it, like it gives you the value of having all these games for I, mm-hmm. uh, ostensibly for free, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously, we're paying for the for the service or whatever, but mm-hmm. like also they're giving you the incentive. They're like, Hey, you're paying 15 bucks a month, but, uh, maybe buy these games. Here's some quests to give you free money so you can buy the games. Yeah. And that's really cool. I didn't even know that was a thing until you just told me. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea. I've been using it literally since it uh, came out in beta. Holy shit. I didn't know that was a thing, but, um, and then some people will argue, well, I don't like game pass because I never know when they're going to remove a game. I enjoy well, when they do remove a game, they do a huge, like, between 25 to 50% off when the game's mm-hmm. getting ready to leave Game Pass. So if you've enjoyed the game through Game Pass and you still want to play it, now it's time to throw down money to that. Yeah. I will, yeah, um, I will be right back. Do a, you'll, you'll be right back? Yeah, I'll be right back. 
Okay. Uh, but to your point, Ben, they also do a really good job of an, uh, being like, hey, this game is leaving soon. Like, they have a whole section of that uh, for, like, this month, uh, Wargroove, Gato, Roboto, and Deliver Us the Moon is are, are all leaving Game Pass. And that's, like, they let you know because it's in a little section saying, hey, this is leaving soon. Um, but so we, we've suckled enough. Uh, yeah. I, I think we should probably go on and, and talk about possibly where <laughs> game pass will be headed. Uh, and the first question I want to ask is connected to, we talk about, we have talked about Ben specifically games becoming a service. Um, do you think that with game pass games as like, like as a whole, will start to become that like like for instance um do you think that game pass is how we will be playing in like 20 years as opposed to owning physical games oh i I think physical games are a way of the past already physical copies just aren't something unless you're a collector i feel like that are a big thing in the in the marketplace anymore uh i still think you're gonna have people buying digital instead of signing up for subscription services but I definitely think if you are a video game company and you are not coming up with some strategy to have a gameplay service, then you're in trouble. And I know Sony has PlayStation Now, but PlayStation Now is absolute garbage. It really is. <laughs> and that's just because they need to really work on their back end, stuff like that, to where you're not having to stream the game. You can download it and play it, and then they also just need to work on updating their titles, because most of the PlayStation Now service is still old PS3 mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. So not something that here in 2021 that I'm really wanting to go back and play some of them PS3 titles that don't yeah. already have remasters that I already own, or that are available elsewhere. Yeah. For sure. I, for sure. I tried to use PlayStation Now the other day, because um, I wanted to play through all the Arkham games like in order, in like chronological order. So I downloaded, I, I uh, did my free trial of PlayStation Now uh, to play Arkham Origins, and holy fuck, that uh, service is awful. It is absolutely hot fucking garbage. Like, I, I, I couldn't even get through, like, the introduction because the game was just lagging so fucking hard. And I was like, I, I know it's not my fucking internet. I know that for a fucking fact. Um, so I, I went ahead and canceled that shit. I was like, I'm never using this again. This is fucking awful. Yeah, it's it's a very, very bad service. Uh, I, hate, I hate to call it bad because of how much we've been hyping up Microsoft. But yeah, I mean, it's just they really need to work on their implementation. Uh, yeah. But the news that we've been seeing about Sony here lately, I I think I think the console war, they may sell more consoles. But I really think you're probably having a lot more people in this day and age that are playing their Xbox games on PC and have that PS five sitting there for exclusives that may now never come out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Dylan, something that uh, I think is interesting uh, in, in possibly the implication of, of game pass in the future is um, something that, I think we all acknowledge as gamers is the game is, is an expensive hobby. Like in order to have a PC like you have, you have to spend uh, how much was yours again? Like $2,000. Uh, 
<laughs> like, like it was it was an absurd amount of money, right? And then yeah, like these lot. new consoles are are you know five hundred bucks a piece or whatever. But with Game Pass, do you think that this could potentially like lower cost and even lower the barrier of entry for people who want to play video games? Yeah, truly. Um, again, because we talk about it. It's $9 a month if you don't want the gold aspect of it, and then it's $15 a month. Or you, I'm sorry, $10 a month and then $15 a month if you do want to play gold. It's so cheap, and you get so many games that go along with it. I've been sitting here looking through everything. Um, there's a ton of stuff that I did not know was actually on Game Pass that really interests me, and that I'm finding games that I've never seen before, and they look so much fun. Um it's a great way for people who PC or console, they can come in and if you don't know a good place to start, well, here's over a hundred games that you can pick from. And they've really knocked it out of the park with the variety that they have. It's a cheap option to throw you into well over a hundred games that you can dabble in and find what you like. Um, they just killed it, man. And I'm trying to think, you know, long-term who comes next with what they do. Um, in terms of a, a Game Pass type service, I don't see Nintendo doing it. Um, they have the yeah. Uh, Nintendo has the the Nintendo Entertainment System library and the Super Nintendo right. on the Switch now. But nothing compared to this. Yeah, yeah. I will. I will. I will say when it comes to console gaming, I have probably played more Doctor Mario in the past three months than I have in the previous thirty two years. of yeah, <laughs> Dr. Mario's a fucking great game. That's a shit ton. But I can see the Epic Game Store doing something like this. Epic seems to be doing... I know Steam is, you know, where we all think that PC gaming kind of lies, but the Epic Game Store does so much that's just great, too. Uh, I could they give really, you, like, a free game every week, right? It's every... I Dude, I don't even know how often it is. It, it's every week. It's, um past couple months so i feel like they've gone the games with gold route just kind of phoned it in yeah and, and to to be fair to games with gold i f- really feel like they have been shitting out uh, i don't want to say bad games but like lackluster titles with games for gold simply because of how much is on game pass that is good they don't want to give away anything that's on game pass free yeah exactly exactly whereas like playstation i feel like they don't have shit on playstation now so they're like here have final fantasy 7 remake it's all right <sighs> but yeah fun, God, fun times uh so one one aspect of this that i think is maybe overlooked with if if game pass is to become the standard bearer how does this def- like affect developers right like for uh, we had a conversation in not this discord but the uh sword chomp discord shout out to sword chomp um about what game pass like like i think we were talking about specifically game pass being like the future of gaming like everything's going to kind of move to that sort of model and one of the guys brought up something that i thought was intriguing and they were saying that this will potentially guarantee people work. Whereas like normally the way that a dev cycle works is 
there are the people who are in the company and then like they're guaranteed work because they're always there. But then there are a bunch of people who come in like uh, just for instance, this isn't all that's hired, but just for instance, QA testers come in from outside sources or uh, different people who work in back end systems will come in for for additional work. Like a lot of this stuff is outsourced. But with Game Pass, he was saying that he thinks that this will guarantee work for developers. So does I'll I'll pose this to you, Dylan. How do you think that if Game Pass becomes for or goes forward, right? How do you think it will dev- like help or hinder development of of video games? I don't see the correlation between the two. I guess I missed it. It's like, how does Game Pass becoming a service? Are you talking like they get more exclusives? And I, I think what they're, I think what uh, the, I don't remember who who was saying this, but I think that what he was saying in particular was that if if everything like if everything moves to a Game Pass model, so like say PlayStation has their own, Xbox has their own, PC oh, okay. has their own sort of thing. People within those stables will will automatically be making games to go on those services, which means that they will be guaranteed work. Does that make sense? Yeah, but what's different between that and a physical release? I guess. Yeah, I, honestly, I'm I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> that yeah, I don't I'm so like it, yeah. It, the, that argument didn't make a whole lot of sense yeah. to me either. But it was something that like. Uh, I would outside of that, right? Like, what do you think implications are for for developers? I mean, if it went to strictly, if physical releases did not become a thing, and they're just trying to churn out games to specifically feed a PlayStation Now or Game Pass type of situation, then yeah, they're always going to have work for sure. But I really have trouble with trying to differentiate what's the difference between that. And a physical release because you're still trying to make money. You know, it's just weird to me to look at like that. I think a better way to look at it is I don't think it's necessarily going to have an implication to developers, uh, as you're saying, like development cycles or anything, because these games are awesome cycle anyway. I think where a service like this helps is your small town, small time indie developers. They know that they can make a game and they can take it to one of these services and possibly get it put on the service instead of them having to go out and find somebody to license process and, and ship it out. So maybe the smaller companies are able to get more indie games out there or smaller titles that we normally wouldn't see released in places other than Steam or the Epic Game Store. Oh, I mean, that's a, that's a solid point. I, I definitely think, I, I definitely think you're right about that for sure. It'll, it'll help smaller developers for sure. Um, one uh, another thing that I think would be maybe maybe another avenue to to, to look at is what happens to because right now with Game Pass you have these uh you you have stuff like Destiny which is a super long tail right like Destiny two came out in twenty I want to say seventeen I think that's right so this is year four for Destiny two specifically and. It's had a long tail, right? But then you also have these these smaller experiences, like say, um, like Donut Country, or, or or even something like Doom Eternal, right? Like Doom Eternal is a solid twenty hour experience. You play it and you're done, sort of thing. If Game Pass becomes the norm, 
Austin, do you think that we're liable to have more smaller experiences or will everything become more like protracted? Like we'll maybe get like a 10 hour campaign and then they'll find ways to monetize uh, further from that 10 hour game. Um, so <clears throat> what do you mean? Like, do you think like, like, like I- well, go ahead, go ahead. Um, like are, you're asking me, if we move to like an only game pass kind of situation, do I think mm-hmm. uh, games are essentially going to be shorter, shorter? Or do you, or do you think that they'll like, will will everything move to one end or the other? Like, do you, do you, or do you see like a middle ground? I think there'll be a middle ground. I don't, I don't really see that being the case. I guess I could understand it. Um, the, the only time I could see them really being shorter is if uh, a dev is working on multiple games for Game Pass at the same time that they're trying to get out all in the same general time frame. Because then maybe you don't want to make your games as long so you can, um, you know, say, hey, OK, cool. You finished this one. And you really liked it. Why don't you go play this one? We released it at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, I, I can see that being the case. Um, but that's the only that's the only time I can really see that even being a thing, uh, to be honest. Mm, okay. I, and again, it's like, I don't think that they're going to change how they make a game. In yeah. that sense, I think it's going, it's the same thing as a physical release. I mean, they're still going to put X amount of effort into it, whether it's great or not. Um, I don't think it going strictly digital is going to change that any. I wouldn't think it would. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. I think if it goes through room. To Josh's point, the only thing you're going to see is you may see, I think you're going to see it on both ends of the spectrum. You're going to see some developers that are like, all right, I'm getting this base percentage from big company to make this game, but yeah. I want to make more money off of this game, so I'm going to monetize different things in the game. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have your cosmetic skins you can buy, this, that, and the other, so that I can make more money off of it off of people just playing the game. But it, I don't think it. I don't think this is game changing from the development standpoint. I think it's just game changing from the consumer standpoint. Mm. Yeah, I, I think that's a solid point. Uh, I mean, so I, that's a good way to probably segue into the the next question that I had been, and uh, I'll talk with you specifically because we've been playing sports games with each other for years at this point, right? Um, so, do you think that? If Game Pass becomes the norm, do you think that this is how something we've talked about for years? Do you think that this is how games uh, like sports games become a service? I could see it, but I don't see it yet. If if you follow that route, mostly because with sports games, you have such a built in fan base that's going to go out and buy it day one. Companies aren't going to be willing to lose that that money yet. Uh, I think MLB the show is an exception not the rule because this is this is microsoft just trying to let everybody know hey you can now play this here as well it's not just on sony consoles so it's a great marketing thing for xbox to be like hey here's 2021 play it enjoy it when 2022 rolls around it might not game pass day one but you now have a fan base that knows it's there so they're gonna go pick up um yeah i would love to see that happen I really, the only thing I see with services like Game Pass, EA Play, and stuff like that from the sports game standpoint is the fact that you'll have player bases stay around longer. 
Because if there's one thing we know, it's, oh, we're going to buy Madden when it comes out. Let's trade it in while it's still hot. Oh, now it's available to play on Game Pass. Let's just play it there instead of having to have the physical copy or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So so I, I wouldn't say I don't. I would love to see it just become roster updates in sports games. But I think we're still a good ways away from that. Mm, yeah, I feel you. Uh, so if if Game Pass were to become ubiquitous and, and you know, we're, say, 15, 20 years in the future and, and Game Pass is where we play our sports game sort of thing, do you think that this will essentially make those games free to play? I, the only reason I don't think you'll ever see sports games be free to play has nothing to do with developers or the game companies. It's the actual entities of the sports. I don't think yeah. I don't think Major League Baseball, the NFL, NHL, MLS, NASCAR, or any of those are going to make their property free for somebody to get a hold of. Yeah, I feel. Yeah, I agree with that. I I totally understand that for sure. Um, r- real quick before we move on, I I just want to get what what do you th- what is your take on the whole. MLB coming to Game Pass Day One situation because that was really gigantic news. Um, I'm happy because I was going to pick <laughs> it up. I was going to pick it up anyway. Um, yeah. just because I the only reason I owned a PS4 for almost five years was to play MLB the Show, mm-hmm. and at one point GameStop offered two hundred bucks for PlayStation Slim, and I was like, well. For two hundred bucks, I can buy a lot of stuff on Steam. So that's when my my PlayStation left. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to see it. Um, I think it it's a nice look for MLB the Show as the game. I think it's a bad look for Sony. Oh yeah, because now you have Sony trying to sell MLB the Show for sixty to seventy bucks on their console, whereas my understanding the licensing agreement is Sony is in charge of it on Sony consoles. And Major League Baseball is in charge of on Xbox. So Xbox went to Major League Baseball, dropped a bag of cash on the table, and Major League Baseball was like, that's a great idea. Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> For so sure. like I said, I think it's all it's all marketing ploy at this point. I feel like it's just Major League Baseball has no install base on Xbox. The last baseball game that had Major League licensing on Xbox goes all the way back to 2K12. Mm-hmm. So it's been almost a decade since there's been real baseball on the Xbox yeah. console. Yeah. So I, I mean, I'm excited about that and everything you said is right. I mean, like Microsoft got that fuck you money and just dropped it in MLB's lap. <laughs> um, so oh, we talked about games as a service for sports games, but games as a service is something that we, uh, it, it has become ubiquitous with like the likes of Destiny and and Fortnite and uh, I mean the Division. Like all these games have basically become services, right? Um, Dylan, do you think that Game Pass has any effect on games as a service as a whole? No, I think. I mean, your mic's uh, muted. You, you are muted, sir. I am muted. <laughs> I don't think it does. I mean. I don't see any games going exclusively behind a service like Game Pass or anything like that. Um, again, like if Epic Game Store did something, they could put Rocket League behind that even. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't see 
that happening? Because to me, that actually, I feel like you would almost lose some kind of monetization value behind a wall like that. Whereas if it was open to everyone, I mean, you're going to make more money, but also just, I don't see something like critical coming from any of these studios. That's like a first party. I don't even know what Microsoft could create to go on game pass. That would, you know, shift the spectrum of what we know now, truly. Um, I think the closest example we've had of this is destiny Two going to game pass and then all of the expansions going free. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I really think that was more of Destiny trying to bring back a player base because they had so many plans. I think the only thing you may see with Game Pass that helps these games service is you may have, I'll use Division as an example since you said it a second ago. You'll have people, oh, here's the base game, Division 2. Here, play it and enjoy it. Oh, you enjoyed this? Well, because you're a Game Pass member, you can get X off of the DLC. So to promote those future sales kind of thing. But other than that, like games as a service, something probably not going to see as prevalent outside of a few franchises because you're seeing too many of them happen and start to fail. So you're going to see the trend roll back to more, hopefully more complete experiences. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That, I mean, that was where I think I was headed with my questioning is, uh, Destiny right now is is free to play and and like you said all the expansions are free to play but I could personally see some future where say the division comes out and the base game is free on Game Pass and then they just charge you for the expansions which could uh I mean we don't we we aren't privy to the way that all of the all of the money is laid around, right? Like Microsoft doesn't say we came in, we dropped $2 million to get the division on game pass. So we're not privy to that, but I have to assume that game pass comes in, says, Hey, we want, uh, again, we'll, we'll go with the division. They say, Hey, we want the division three for game pass on day one. So they jump a lump sum. So Ubisoft is now, cared for but they still want to monetize that game so they could charge for skins they could charge for uh expansions and stuff like that is is that a route that you potentially see things going i can't see it like that i don't know i mean the the thing is is i don't think going that route is any different than what game developers are doing nowadays anyway the only difference is they're getting taken care of up front and consumer is getting to play that game for their subscription but that's it i mean you just get something on day one like not everyone cares about that i mean when you because you know destiny 2 came up but it's like and again i already had it though so it's much different for me to say that because i have destiny 2 i have all the expansions i don't care that it's on game pass and if it got locked behind game pass to where i couldn't play that anymore i just probably wouldn't play it anymore as opposed to getting game pass this is for someone who does not utilize game pass um i don't know i just i don't see like you really think someone would drop that much money to like say hey you can have this for a month before everyone else like i don't know no and and i think i think the way you're in your scenario you're saying oh you get it day one early because you have game pass I don't think you're ever going to see Game Pass as where you play games. Uh, I just think you'll see it as this game comes out 
April 15th. You can play it on April 15th. Everybody can. But if you have Game Pass, you access it through that instead of having to drop your 60 bucks. Yeah. So I, I, I could see companies doing that. But, I mean, a game... Like, I mean, even Destiny. Oh, right, here's Destiny for free, but do you want these cool armors? Do you want these cool charms? Do you want these awesome little emotes and stuff like that? Well, we want real money for that, not in-game work. So that's how they're going to monetize on the back end. Yeah. um, Everybody gets their bag somehow. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, So... I don't really know who to pose this question to because I feel like Austin's really into just mm-hmm. Nintendo AAA games, <laughs> and uh, that's not true. I, I mean, maybe, maybe Dylan would be we've the already answered this question a few times. Dylan, what? <laughs> well, I, I feel like you're the only one, maybe since you're a PC guy. Uh, do, do you think? Do you see this in any way affecting indie games? Oh, I think it gives indie games a great platform. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's something that I was actually looking at just now when I was going through Game Pass is there's so many games that I had <clears throat> never heard of, and I don't know if they're on Steam or not because I don't see them advertised and I don't know to look for them. But just looking through the game list, mm-hmm. uh, through what Game Pass has to offer, I found a lot of cool titles that I didn't know about. Mm-hmm. that I would be so willing to just immediately <clears throat> jump into um, and just give a shot because they look like a lot of fun. Even games that are obviously just like little arcade type things. I mean, it still looks cool. <clears throat> I got sidetracked on one earlier. That's like you're jumping on tops of like semi-trucks or something. It's Oh, cluster truck. It's, yeah. Yeah. It looks cool as shit. Yeah. Like, but it's so basic, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but then I was scrolling down and I, fuck, I can't remember what it was called. But it looked really cool. I thought it was block something, but I think I'm wrong. Um, yeah, there's no block anything. But again, it's just, I, f- I was able to find a lot of things and I don't know if they're on Steam, right? That's where I play all of my stuff at. So I have no idea. If they were, I mean, I would be inclined to buy them to give them a shot. But why mm-hmm. do that when I could just nine bucks for Game Pass and... Or ten bucks, whatever. Yeah, I, I think. A shot. I, I think another thing that this is going to do for a lot of people who don't play uh, PC uh, specifically to be able to get in on early access games like Grounded, for instance, uh, the um, Obsidian game, or there's a game that I have played uh, several times that I think is just stupid fun called um, Totally Accurate Battle Simulator. Uh, and that game has brought me so much fucking tabs. joy. Tabs, yeah, yeah. And uh, that's a that's an early access game. You can't. Uh, I mean, on PC, I think you can buy. It. I don't know if you can buy it on Xbox or not, but like, it's an early access game. So uh, people have access to that now with Game Pass, and I think mm-hmm. that's really cool. Um, but uh, okay, yeah, yeah. We, I no, it, yeah. And the game that I was thinking of was called Levelhead. I don't know. It just looks cool. Mm. Um, it, it, there's so many possibilities. There's a ton of possibilities on here. But I also want to see more developers take that on, too. I don't want to see just Xbox have this great platform on Game Pass. I would like to see a lot of a lot of smaller developers get big chances through these companies that already yeah. exist and have great 
foundations like Game Pass. That's why I would really love to see Sony come out with something that makes sense more so than uh, PlayStation Now, whatever the fuck it's called. And you really, Nintendo doesn't have it right now either. Um, so for them to be able to step up, I would love to see what indie Nintendo uh, people could come up with. Oh, speaking um, of that, oh, real for quick, sure. they had a uh, indie showcase today that was oh, full shit. of like uh, really, really awesome games. Oxenfree Two is coming to the Switch. Okay. Uh, they gave us a look at the the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles beat 'em up. The Revenge of Shredder, I think, is what it's called. I can't yeah. wait for that game. That shit was so fucking fun. Hey, Josh, I'm I'm gonna have to dip. Baby is getting upset. All right, all right, yeah. Uh, well, it was it was good having you. Go take care of your baby. Uh, Will do, man. Thanks for having me on. It's been great. You'll yep. take it easy. Bye. Um. Uh. Well, with that said, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think. Uh, so, then th- I think that moving to the next question we had, or, or actually, sorry, I cut you off, Dylan. I'm sorry. What uh, did I say? Uh, you were saying something about Nintendo with indies. Oh no! Just that. I mean this sets up a good platform for more indie developers to if Nintendo had a service like Game Pass, if Sony had a service like Game Pass, we could see more potential come out from these indie developers if they had a bigger platform. If Microsoft is the only one doing it, I mean that's great at least some people get a chance, but I would love to see and I didn't know they had an indie showcase today, but just something like that. Something yeah. that more games like this could get a chance to um, have some time to shine mm, for okay. sure. Um, well, so, uh, bad transition time. <laughs> uh, so I think the, the one last thing that I, I, I think we probably need to talk about in terms of game pass is maybe, or well, before, before we move on to the next section I have, because I don't know how to read guys. I don't know how many times I've said this, but I don't know how to read. Um, at least once an episode for like the last four times. Something <laughs> about public school. Yeah, yeah, I went to public school. That's, that's there we what go. It is. <laughs> public school really is a sham. Uh, God, I don't, I don't want to get too political, but you're right. <laughs> How is that political? Oh God, uh, we're not having this conversation. Right I don't now. think that's political. <laughs> uh, so the, I think the the one of the hurdles that Game Pass will have to co- overcome if it wants to become ubiquitous in the future is its profit- profitability. <laughs> God damn. That's a, that's a mouthful. Um, no. But, uh, and I say this because streaming services are notoriously unprofitable. Uh, like Netflix, yeah. as big as Netflix is, struggles to remain profitable, even to this day. So Really? Yes, yeah, it's oh. uh, it's super notorious. Well, uh, because you got to factor in all this stuff. So, like Netflix is paying licenses for the shows and movies that it does not own. Yeah, it has to pay for servers and server upkeep, and then it also pays uh, for production costs and shit like that for any of its quote unquote originals. Yeah. So, it. it it's very hard for it to remain profitable. If it is profitable, even it's very low margin, right? Like mm-hmm. there's, there's a sure. very slim margin of profit profit coming to them. Um, so with that said, Microsoft is in the same situation, even though game pass isn't technically a streaming service, it's still very 
similarly structured, right? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I'll, I'll pose this to you, Austin. How do you think Microsoft makes the service profitable? Um, well, one, like you said earlier in the episode, um, I think within the last two years, there's been a, a ridiculous influx of people that have joined the subscription. Um, um, and I, especially with a lot of these being first party develop with, you know, a good handful uh, thing of things on game pass now being first party developers, uh, they, like they don't have to pay licensing to add this to Game Pass because they, in in a sense, they own they own them, so they can just throw it out there with no fucking money whatsoever, and then you just have millions of people signing up for it. And so I I can see how it's fucking profitable. I can see how it's ridiculously fucking lucrative, especially considering that there is no no one else on the market that's doing what Xbox is doing with Game Pass. For sure, that's a coup cap. Yeah, this is uh, – we're not streaming or anything, but this is Fiona. This is my little baby girl. I will walk in the door and I'll be like, hey, hey, little girl. And she'll like look up and she'll like – and then she'll – Oh, that's me. so cool. You have a pet that can hear. I hate you so much. <laughs> Dude, I was listening back to uh, probably for like the third time before <laughs> like posting. And every single time, the last episode, I laughed when I was like – yeah, blind dog. <laughs> yeah, this is one a, of the disabilities. Who knows? Because I'm I'm a fucking moron. But um, yeah, Jesus. you you definitely uh you you make a, a solid point there, Austin. Um, uh, one thing that I think I have to, well, not necessarily just me, but like us in general, we have to take into account that like does does. Microsoft or Xbox have to even make Game Pass profitable? Like Microsoft literally yeah, that is wipes a good its ass point. with million dollar bills. Like Yeah, that is around, a good fucking point. They throw around money like it's it's nothing. Uh I, I said it earlier. Clearly. We've seen them do it all year last year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The <laughs> what with the uh the they had the Bethesda deal. Yeah, dude, had, that's like that's literally the same energy as a fucking CEO of a company. Uh, just fucking walking in a boardroom with his dick hanging out because he knows he can get the fuck away with it. It's the same fucking energy. It's that fuck you money. I don't know if that. No, Dylan, don't think too much about it. <laughs> no. Don't don't try to overanalyze the joke. Just go with it. Just let it go. Just let it go. Answers to the shareholders. Just let yeah. it go. <laughs> just let it go. Uh, Dylan's like, but but business practices. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, uh, but yeah, like I mean, what they spent seven billion dollars on uh, Bethesda, yeah, and then they just—if uh, they didn't just buy it, they definitely just initiated talks to buy uh, Nuance, which is an AI company today mm-hmm. for twenty billion dollars. Like He's Microsoft pr- literally has fuck you money. Yeah, so I don't even know. I mean. They don't even need to make it fucking profitable. Yeah, I mean, do you, what do you think, Dylan? I don't think that they need to make it profitable, but I think they will absolutely make sure that it is profitable. Yeah. I don't know how. I truly have no idea how they would do it. I'm not that business savvy, but 
I mean, it seems like the user base that they are bringing in, most people are going to do the gold subscription anyway, because why the fuck not? I mean, yeah, why wouldn't you at this point? Yeah, $15 per person, and you have how many people subscribe? Like, Mm. you're making fucking money back monthly. So, I mean, that's how it's profitable for one, because everyone's, I'm not going to say everyone, but a huge percent of people are going to take advantage of that price point and what it offers. And people like me who are on the fence are inevitably going to fall on the side of why the fuck am I not doing it? And they're just going to do it. Even if it's for a month or two at a time, you know, cancel it, whatever, but you're going to come back to the service because once you've had it before, it's like, Oh yeah, I enjoyed it for X amount of time that I played it. Let me go back to it again, which is probably what I'm going to do. Um, Hmm. So I feel like they will always make some bank off of it somehow because they know how to do that. Yeah. So they do. So I was, I was just looking into it. Uh, the Microsoft CEO, uh, Satya Nadella, um, on an earnings call back in January had revealed that they had 18 million, um, subscribers. Jesus fucking Christ. Holy shit. So at 18 million, even if we, if we lowball it and say that they're all paying the $10 a month thing, Mm -hmm. 18 million times 10 is what? $180 million a month. Yeah. A month. Yep. There's like 12 months in a year. <laughs> They're making a billion fucking dollars off that shit every year. That's just fucking crazy, right? Uh, that's oh, insane. my God. Um, now that you put it into perspective, that's like, fuck. Yeah. Holy shit. That is fucking fantastic. That's literally like wipe your ass with a wad of hundreds kind of money. Yeah. Now, and and to, to, be, to be 100% fair, right? To... They have to pay do we do that to here? get these games on, on Game Pass. They have to pay these games, right? Yeah. Unless they own the studio, which they yeah. own like but 30 year fucking studios. But if you're a billion dollars a year... I don't think that paycheck even matters anymore, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that it, license check fucking matters. One thing that I had, I had written down, and uh, you know, obviously they're continuing to grow because it was... Uh, it was 15 million in September of last year. So from September to January, that's what four months, right? So in in four months, they got an additional 3 million subscribers. So if, if they continue to grow at that rate, one thing that I had written down is, so what if they decide to, uh, change the price on this? So instead of 1499, they go to twenty nine or, or nineteen ninety nine, right? Yep. Just five dollars, yep. but that five dollars at what? Uh, another four months from now, they get another three million. They're twenty one million times five. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I completely, I don't truly, I do not believe that they will do that. But at the same time, they also have raised prices on their shit before, so mm-hmm. it could happen. Um, <laughs> I it is in the realm of possibility. I do not think they will do it, but if they do, it's still like 20 bucks for all of that shit. It's kind of worth it. I I agree. I I mean I, I don't think it's something they would do, but it's absolutely something that they could do that would still be justifiable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't even be You know what I mean? Point, no, you you really fucking can't. So cuz they're just going to reinvest that money back into the found, foundation of Game Pass. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I fucking 100% agree. Uh, so uh, the only thing I think uh, from a customer perspective, right. If they, if they raise the price and stuff like that, how much do you think, because uh, 
let's be honest, right? We are getting mm-hmm. an extraordinary value out of Game Pass. It's just oh yeah, astounding how much value you get out of it. At what point do you think is too much of an asking price for Microsoft to say, we want this from you monthly? Realistically, I feel like a lot of people would be hard pressed to go above nineteen ninety nine, mm-hmm. but I think my cap out point would be twenty four ninety nine. I think so too. I think that's yep. uh, that to me is about the same price as like a gym membership, and yep. I, and I I think that that is the the absolute highest I would go. I think, and I honestly think that that's a a nice, yeah, sweet like a sweet spot because you are getting like. Do, what you were saying earlier, like, look at the fucking games you're getting. You're getting uh, MLB The Show. You're getting NBA 2K21. You're getting uh, Destiny. Games. Well, <laughs> I, I just I was looking. That was one of the uh, one of the ads that had popped up on this website. Okay. But like, you're getting Destiny. You're getting Gears Five. You're getting Halo Master Chief Collection. Like. Yeah. And then you have the entire, well, not the entire, but you have a huge swath of the Bethesda back catalog, right? So you've got Dishonored, you've got Morrowind, you've got Fallout 3. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest, dude. Um, you know, both of y'all said 20, $24.99. They could raise Game Pass up to 40 and I, I, I would still oh, pay it. I don't Whoa. know. 40 is, is, uh, no, now hold on. Now that, but, this is coming from somebody who um, buys, I mean, I, I, buys games as frequently as I do. Because you got to think, say you buy one game a month, right? The, the one brand new release a month. That's sixty dollars. Yeah. You're still paying less than one game a month for that. I do not service, buy even one at game forty a month either. Like that's why I think it's so appealing for Game Pass to stay low. Is I don't yeah. buy. One game a month, I really oh I yeah have for sure game this year. Um, a lot of my shit was canceled or pushed back, so that's mm-hmm. great. Um, but that that's why I said my personal was forty, is because I I definitely buy well over one game a month. I think I bought eight games last week. That's four hundred and eighty dollars a year. I couldn't do it. Yeah, that that's a that's a, that's a little high for me. Yeah. Uh, I I mean I think I would maybe even go thirty like the twenty nine ninety nine, mm-hmm. but even that for me I think would be a hard sell because yeah. uh, what thirty bucks uh, across twelve months is what three hundred sixty dollars. Mm-hmm. Or wait, hang on, is that right? That's it. You know, you're right. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that's just a lot. I don't uh, know. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. Truly, I mean, I think they're going to stick with fifteen for a long time. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think and they will end, too. If they price hike it, they're going to have to bundle something else with it. I think mm-hmm. it's not going to have to be. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're going to have to bundle one more thing. It'll have gold. It'll have all the games that we know and love, but they're going to have to bundle something else with it for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, so one thing that uh, I mean, the next thing that I have written down here is the competition. The like. You, we're talking about bundling already. They have EA Access in there, right? Uh, and there are rumors swirling around that the Ubisoft uh, sort of thing, I think it's uh, Uplay, I think is what it's yeah. called. <clears throat> there are rumors swirling around that that it's going to join Game Pass, which mm-hmm. uh, you know could potentially be huge. But I, I guess my – outside of uh, Uplay and EA Access – uh, which already existed, and and EA Access folded into Game Pass already, right? But uh, my question is, 
do they have competition from publishers? Uh, and it, if so, um, like, like, well, maybe, maybe let me rephrase that. So they potentially have competition from mm-hmm. others, but those others just haven't decided to do it yet. Like Activision hasn't, Ubisoft yeah. has, but like, uh, you know, Activision Blizzard hasn't, or Square Enix hasn't, stuff like that. What do you think is holding them back from doing so? I think wholeheartedly, it's more like it's more like Bethesda joining Microsoft. Mm-hmm. I think if and when you see Sony do this Game Pass, we'll call it the PlayStation Pass. I think that that's when you will start to see some of these publishers move over and collaborate with Sony. Like Square Enix makes perfect sense to me to tag them up with Sony. I don't know that they're necessarily waiting for an opportunity like that, but I also don't see it so advantageous for them to do it standalone either. I think you would begin to really see these companies start to go either side at that point which could start a whole new console war type of thing, which would be kind of kind of cool to see so long as PC was left out of it. Um, <laughs> but, but it's uh, it's it's something that I feel like is on the precipice of happening. Yeah. But we just haven't seen it yet. I think Sony is very close on the heels of Game Pass. If I had to if I had to speculate, I feel like they're going to have something very soon. And if it does, I think that's when you'll start to see these companies truly sway in one direction. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, Nintendo, it's neither here nor there for them, I feel like. Nintendo kind of does its own thing. It's its own breed of fan base, and it just works for them. Now, if they did do something like this, and they partied all their first-party titles together, like Pokemon, Mario, and like Zelda Breath of the Wild, that would be fucking be huge colossal yeah people would lose their fucking mind they would lose their shit and i think it would be a higher base price like 25 or something for them but it would be worth it um i don't know i think that's why we really don't see publishers go in any direction right now i think it's yeah i agree with you it's imminent i think that once we start to see these other two big parties and like yes, okay, it's really just Sony because Nintendo's not gonna have anything to do with it. <laughs> um, if Sony does it, we'll start to see more sway and where people are going, what they're doing, where they're bringing their games for that type of platform, like yeah. Bethesda has. Now that Microsoft bought them, I'm not gonna say Sony is gonna straight out buy uh, Square, but I mean you could see them partner up on like a PlayStation Pass or something like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, so, I mean, I think that uh, a question that kind of leads into that is, that, is there any real economic benefit for uh, publishers to jump on Game Pass? I feel like it really oh. helps get their games out there. Yeah. Um, and if the time does come and a game does get removed, like you said, there's always the the sale that's going to happen. There's always going to be the the train of thought of, man, I really enjoyed this game. Most of the time, if I really enjoy something through Game Pass, I will buy the standalone game. Yeah. Um, 
I think it's a really good opportunity for people to experience something they love, know that they love it when it's threatened to be taken away. And it's nothing on, you know, Microsoft taking these games away from their service. They're just adding more, replacing. It's it's just a matter of time. But they give you great opportunities to buy the games at a you know a fraction of the cost, still support the developers. Um, so really it's a win-win for them because they're getting money in the pocket to have their games on this service. The games can still be bought through said service, even at a discount. I mean, it just seems like it's always a way to make money for them. It's a good opportunity. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. I, I don't remember... I, I'm trying to find the quote, but uh, it Phil Spencer had said something about like people who uh, utilize Game Pass actually buy more games. Um, yep, and and spend more money, and like, if that's the case, then I don't see necessarily why it would not be economically beneficial for people to get on right. Pass. Yeah, but um, uh, so so we're talking about competition, and you guys had raised up, you know, Sony and and Nintendo, and I think you had even talked about uh, the PC realm a little bit earlier, Dylan, with you know. Uh, Steam and Epic and stuff like that, uh, but I want to I want to start off with Sony real quick. Um, so, does Sony answer Game Pass? Uh, answer Game Pass with a service of their own? I think that's the first question we need to, we need to ask ourselves, right? Yeah, and I think it. I feel like oh, they got to know PlayStation now is not feasible. Um, yeah, dude, I think that they would be dumb not to do it at this point. Yes, and especially knowing that they would put all of their first-party titles in it, potentially. Mm. That is fucking huge. Oh, yeah. yeah. I would so... It, oh, my God. Just the thought of them even bringing that to PC would make me cry. I know it would never happen, but come on. Like, Xbox did it. That would be so huge for them. Um. But taking that away, like being able to have a one-stop shop for Uncharted and God of War and Horizon Zero Dawn and Bloodborne and anything else that could become an exclusive or will be or is an exclusive, like the Ratchet and Clank games and everything else coming out, it would be great for them because they're already going to make that money anyway. It's like, yeah. why not at that point, especially couple it in with your PlayStation Plus service? You're golden. I mean, truly. I think Ooh. that they would be fools to not do it. Yeah, I. But also, I think they have the fuck you money, and they know their fan base is so strong they could just be like, "We're not doing it. We don't have to do it." Type of thing. You know, it could go either way. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I 100% feel you. I'm actually I just booted up my my PS5 because uh, I wanted to look into this. So they have the. Um, the PS Plus collection already, right? Which is a whole bunch of titles. They've got stuff like uh, Bloodborne, The Last of Us. Um, they've got Uncharted 4, Detroit Become Human, Days Gone, a whole bunch of PS4 games, God of War, uh, that are, as long as you're a PlayStation member, are already available to you. And I think that if you look pound for pound, right, if you look at the games that they have, as a part of that service, um, Sony would be able to, uh, in a rest mode, that's what I'm looking for. Uh, Sony would definitely be able to compete, I think, with, with Microsoft's offerings. But I think the issue is 
because there are already rumblings of this, right? I think that Sony doesn't necessarily want to complete compete on the same scale as Microsoft. Uh, yeah. Like the the rumors that I have seen is that it's not necessarily going to be a PlayStation thing. It's going to be more of like a bundling a whole bunch of Sony services together. So like so, uh, like a Sony Music app and a Sony like um like a movie streaming app sort of thing. Um, d- does that intrigue you at all? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being real. No, I, I literally think, yawned. Uh, awesome. What do you, I mean, what do you think? Because you, you're you don't even have an Xbox anymore. You're just Nintendo and, and PlayStation at this point. Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I'm really tired. Can you repeat that question one more time? <laughs> I'm exhausted. No. Uh, so the the Sony service that they're I'm talking sorry. about is is bundling like a whole bunch of the like the uh, PlayStation Plus and uh, PlayStation Now with stuff like like a Sony music streaming service and a Sony movie streaming service. Does that intrigue you at all? Oh, Jesus fucking Christ, no. (laughs) Not even remotely. Uh, For the simple fact that don't give a fuck about PlayStation now. Um, I'm going to be... I I don't even know if I have PlayStation Plus because I... I, that's a, no, I do. Cause I bought the year subscription on black Friday when it was like 20 bucks. Mm. Um, so I do, but like, I don't play online on my PS4. I, I just don't, I don't have any multiplayer games on my PS4 whatsoever. Mm. Um, uh, I think I bought fall guys when it was on sale and played it for like a weekend and like, that was it. Yeah. Um, you. as far as, you know, uh, fucking, uh, video streaming services, I have literally everything else. Uh, you know, net, Netflix, HBO Max, you know, all that shit I already pay for. And then I already have Spotify on my PlayStation 4. I can just pull up my phone and turn Spotify on my TV. Like, them bundling all that together is, is to me, that's useless. And I, I just could not care any less about it. Mm. I mean, that that's Honestly. totally fair. I, I think that the only benefit to PlayStation gamers would be that you don't have to play or buy PlayStation Plus anymore, which gets you yeah. access to that. Uh, the what did I call it again? I'm I'm blanking on the name. Uh, the I fuck it. I don't know or care. It's but at the same time, or you could just you know save money and just keep only having PlayStation Plus and just have all the rest of your other shit. The only time I can see, the only way I could see people actually doing that is if they were forced to do that, to have action to play, mm. to have uh, access to PlayStation Plus. No, I feel you. I, I, you know what I mean? Definitely feel you on that. Um, because at this point, everybody, I mean, uh, who, who doesn't have a fucking Spotify subscription? Yeah. You know, you know what right, I mean? Who, right. who doesn't have a Netflix or an HBO max or a Hulu. So like, I feel like the only way people would even be, like, okay, yeah, sure, I'll use that, is if that's the only way you can have access to PlayStation Plus, mm-hmm. which I think would be really fucking stupid on Sony's part. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, well, so my next question is, uh, I guess, if if Sony isn't capable of keeping up with Game Pass uh, in, in a strictly game format and they have to you uh, utilize their Sony thing, um, I don't think that that will appeal to a lot of people, so... Do you think that they get on board with having Game Pass on their console? Well, uh, like having Xbox's Game Pass on their console? Yeah. I think Sony's way too fucking arrogant to even have it as an option. <laughs> Honestly. I think Sony is, they, they've been sitting on their high horse for, what, over 20 years now? 
and I, I I don't see them getting down to to level the playing field. Uh, I see Nintendo being open to it. I do. I see Nintendo it. being open to it more before I see Sony being oh, yeah. open to it. I, I think I I agree with the both of you. Uh, and Valve, yeah, yeah. That's oh, you think so? A thing. Yeah. Oh well. Um. Oh, okay. Cool. I mean, so m- m- my only thing is, I think that if if Game Pass, yeah, Game Pass. Game pasta. Game pasta. <laughs> I thought you said game pasta. I was just gonna let it happen. Can we, can we call the podcast Game Posse now? Game Posse. Can we do that? Uh, that's the name of the show, people. It's no longer hunting pixels. That's it. Game Posse. Um we fixed it. Uh the only thing I I think you're maybe a little wrong, uh, Austin. I don't think that they've been arrogant for twenty plus years. I think that they've been arrogant since the success of the PS4. Uh, maybe since like 2018 on, uh, I I think that Sony has definitely been arrogant. Um, but with, with, if game pass becomes ubiquitous, I think that it's either they make their own service or they join or die sort of thing. Uh, because I don't know that I, I don't know that if you're getting MLB, the show, uh, day one and you're Mm. getting, um, I don't know how many people are going to. I don't know how many people are going to continue to pay for services like PlayStation Now and PlayStation Plus, or or even even just buy a five hundred dollar console to play, you know, two or three games a year. I I just don't. Yeah, for sure. I I don't see that being a thing. Um, mm-hmm. I had a train of thought that I think I lost halfway through that because <laughs> uh, I'm a moron. It happens. But uh, I, so I, we'll move on. I think Nick, Nintendo is the next one. And um, so Ben had brought up earlier, Nintendo kind of has their own service with the Nintendo Network where uh, if you have Nintendo Network or Nintendo Online, I don't remember what it's called. Um, yeah. You get access to to the NES and SNES library. So, so they, to an extent, already have their own version of Game Pass. Um, yeah. But, I mean, that's not going to compete, I don't think. So I guess my no. question is, Does do you guys conceivably see Nintendo joining Game Pass? Yes, yeah, but I sure. also feel like there's opportunity for them to extend what they have yes they have the snes library but if they wanted to be some true mvps it would be bringing their ds 3ds library somehow to a virtual console mm-hmm. system into a way that the switch could utilize it oh for um, sure there's tons of market for that i think it would be great in some kind of you know nintendo pass whatever mm-hmm. um there's stuff that they could truly do that would set them apart from the competition i do not foresee them doing it, however, and that's why I'm led to believe that they would probably do Game Pass before doing that. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I really, I really hope before they do something like Game Pass, they do. Um, I, I'm, I know it's never going to happen, but I'm still holding out for for a uh, a 64 a 64 collection. Yeah, that. So that's the the thing that I would want if Nintendo were to do their own sort of Game yeah. Pass style thing. I don't want it to be strictly limited to the NES and SNES the way that it is right now. I want them to open it up mm-hmm. and have N64, uh, GameCube, e- even Wii, because like a lot of the Wii U games kind of got ported 
I, I we were yeah, talking about that. like ninety percent of the good library of Wii U got ported. Yeah, so so, so like those games already exist on the Switch, right? But like we yeah. don't have Wind Waker, for instance. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't play that on the Switch. You can't play that on a modern console, really. Trust me, I'm upset about it. <laughs> uh, but like, I have to bust out a Wii U to touch that shit, uh, right? Uh, but having the ability to play, um, say, uh, Twilight Princess on mm. the Switch would be a huge boon for them, I think. Having the oh, ability yeah. to play Metroid Prime would be a huge boon for them. Um, even if... Even Ocarina and Majora's Mask yeah. would be fucking... I mean, that's something people have been asking on the Switch since its first year. Especially considering now that the, the 3DS is no longer being supported and the, the eShop should yeah. probably be coming down relatively soon. Probably the next couple of years, you won't have access oh, yeah. to the eShop, right? So... Nintendo has some room to grow, and I think that it could easily, I, not to the same scale, like they're probably not going to be able to like force third parties to get on, on board with them, but just having a Nintendo first party only sort yeah. of version of Game Pass would be a gigantic boon for them, I think. Yeah, the only thing about that is I don't see them doing the same thing Microsoft does where they bring first party releases day one to it. I think if they were to do, uh, I think if they were to do a first party, uh, you know, Game Pass style service, I think it would be much, much older titles that they have no plans on on porting or remaking or remastering because Nintendo is all about that guap and they ain't going to do nothing that gives up that guap. Mm -hmm. I agree. It's just not going to happen. Um, uh, so the next, the last thing, uh, and then we'll, we'll move on is, uh, Dylan, I'm, I'm going to ask you, uh, Game Pass is already on PC. Uh, it's, it's already available. You can play there with, uh, Game Pass Ultimate, right? But do Mm -hmm. you think that, um, Valve and Epic have to respond? And if they do, uh, do they? Do you think that they implement their own service, or do you think that they join in Game Pass? I do not think they have to respond. I absolutely do think one will adopt Game Pass, that being Steam, and I do foresee Epic somehow creating their own type of service. I just think that's the difference between the two companies. Yeah. Valve doesn't have to do fucking anything with Steam. I mean, every that's just the hub, really. But Epic... It's kind of out to do something new. Um, it's very close to what Steam offers, but it's much more modernized and different at the same time. I think they're the ones who would implement a service of their own in that regard, and I do foresee it happening. I don't know when, why, or how, but I think it would be very much within the realm of possibilities for them. But even if they did not, and they were the ones to adopt a Game Pass, that move would also make sense too. They don't have to do it. It's just, it's just an opportunity for them, essentially, mm-hmm. and uh, it's very much within the realm of possibility. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I tend to agree with you. I think uh, if if anything, Epic will probably be the one who. Uh, this, I think it was today. Uh, Sony invested another two hundred fifty million dollars in Epic. So if, if there is one way for for Sony to do anything is possibly through Epic. Um, you know, you're right. Think, that's huge. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, valve, uh, valve prints money. They don't have to do anything other than steam. Like, I, yeah. so I, I don't think that 
offering up or or becoming a part of Game Pass necessarily would affect them all that much. That like I said, they yeah. they print money. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that I mean, I think that that was a pretty solid conversation. I, the only thing that maybe I was thinking about as we were talking about Nintendo that maybe we could bring up um, and talk about for just a second is um. We were talking about Nintendo and their old library being a part. Do you, do you guys see, uh, per our conversation, what was it, two episodes ago? Do you guys see Game Pass as a way to maybe uh, preserve games? Yeah, if they kept it in the roster. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was about to say. I would say so if they didn't fucking remove shit. Mm. If there was like a permanent library of Game Pass, something that they could maybe use as an excuse to raise that price tag to 1999 something where there was like a like an archive i think that would be a feasible option mm, for sure yeah uh oh show well i think that uh we had a pretty good conversation about that um is there anything else that you guys want to say nope no right. i think we're good well, let's talk about what we've been playing um and i've Yay. been playing absolutely fucking nothing Okay, Austin, go. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Dylan's like, all right, let's hurry the fuck up. Um, I got back into playing uh, SD Gundam G Generation because I fucking, um, uh, I finally got my uh, English physical for the Switch. It finally came out at the end of March. Uh, I had to fucking wait through some bullshit. I ordered it on Play Asia or Disney or fucking You're <laughs> physical. Oh, I just called right, you Disney. <laughs> they call me Disney. <laughs> I let it go. Jesus. I um yeah. I I ordered my copy. Oh my god. I ordered my copy off Play Asia. When I ordered it, it said in stock and then I a fucking week went by and it never shipped. Uh so I checked again and it said out of stock will restock in 4 to 8 weeks and I was like what the fuck? So I emailed them and they were like, yeah, unfortunately it's out, uh it was out of stock by the time you placed your order. And I was like, mm, that's not true. It said in stock when I placed my order. Um, so I was like, fuck it. I canceled it. They, that's the cool thing about having PayPal is PayPal immediately refunds you. So now I only use PayPal to pay for shit. Um, got my immediate refund from PayPal and then just went on eBay and paid an extra $10 for somebody in the U S that already had it. So mm. it's been cool. Um, I actually like it better than the sequel, which is fucking weird because the sequel had a lot of quality life improvements, but I'm so far I'm liking it more just cause I think I tend to. Uh, uh, the, the game that I'm playing or the one that I'm playing is uh, G generation Genesis and Genesis is strictly only universal century. And I think I, I'm more of a fan of the universal century. So I'm digging it. I think you've talked about this game before, haven't you? Yeah, I started playing it on PS4 and then I just never got time to play my PS4. So I never got, I finished like, I think the first mission of the, uh, 1979 series. And then I never did anything else. Fair enough. Um, and now I'm finished with that. So, okay. Well, uh, I am very interested to hear Dylan. You've been playing cyberpunk. I have. It's fine. Um, (laughs) so, so it's still, it's still only just fine. Yeah. I will say that I grew to like it a lot more. They Mm -hmm. fixed a lot of the tech issues with the big patch that came out today's patch. I was reading through the patch notes and it seemed like they did do a lot of, extra fixes for quests and some tech bugs. <laughs> I saw they fixed one where it's like NPC clothing issues mesh well now. And I was like, okay, 
And then I flash back today where I put some new pants on and saw my cock flash out of my pants. <laughs> I guess we're still working on that. Uh, but other than that, um, I kind of went, I hammered it in on those two games this week so I could get it done. And Cyberpunk was that the heaviest one because I still had a lot left to go. Mm-hmm. And I didn't do a lot of side content. So my biggest issue with the game before is that I had no Witcher level side quests that would really just kind of envelop me mm-hmm. into the, the game itself and the, the atmosphere. Like the lore and, and I, shit. With the lore and just overall make you feel like you're a part of Night City. And I found some. Um, so that was great. It was it was a lot to do with the main characters from the story itself. Um, it had to do with Johnny and it had to do with Rogue and all these other people. Yeah. But they were some really, really great side quests that I feel like impacted how my game actually ended. So that was cool because there's a lot of different ways that your game can truly end. Yeah. And then there's one secret ending as well. Um so I feel like the side missions that I really did get enamored with and I got enveloped into and I became a part of Night City present, past and future. It truly did a great job at wrapping me into the world. Um, and the main quest is really, really good. Um, I don't know what choices I made along the way to get me the ending that I did, but I'm happy with it. Um, it's kind of a somber ending, but at the same time, it's one that you kind of see coming for a long time. Um, they'd really do a good job with that. They do a good job at the main story, driving, like driving you into the world of night city and, the dialogues that you're having with people, the choices that you make sometimes don't feel too substantial, but it helps flesh out the story. And that's truly what matters to me. And there's still a lot of glaring issues that I can see sometimes. Um, Just little nitpicky things like the, the mobility and the, just overall combat and stuff like that. The combat's fine for the most part, but sometimes I can feel like it's a little clunky. I feel like they could have done more to make it more intuitive, but overall I had a good time with it. I mean, it's not going to fall in my top 10 of all time or anything, but um, definitely picked itself up, brushed it off from where it was back in January when I last played it. And I'm happy that I finished the game. It's, it's not what I wanted, but it is way more than I expected. Huh? Fair. Yeah. Uh, yep. Um. So, do you? One thing that I I noticed because I I didn't play like a whole lot of the game, uh, maybe like an hour or two. Um, yep. But one thing that I noticed that uh, really kind of annoyed me uh, is that when I first started out, uh, you get to pick. You know whether you're going to be a street kid or you're going to be um, uh, uh, corpo or uh, God, what's the other one? Um, nomad. A nomad. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And so when you go through those things, don't necessarily at the very beginning of the game really have anything of consequence because basically what happens is you go through the mission, you meet Jackie, and then you 
become basically a street kid uh, with with Jackie. Like, I mean, like all all three paths converge to the same point. Um, once once you get past that point, though, do you, do you feel like your choice in that structure, uh, like when you picked, do you think that that impacted I your game? Like it did not matter. Okay. No. Okay. Truly, um, and I was a street kid. So I feel like the game was kind of catered towards me anyway. Uh Um, I'm very interested to do a new playthrough. I eventually will. The game does warrant me playing it again. I will say that. Um, And I will choose a different path and I will kind of see the options that are laid before me. Mm -hmm. But as a street kid, I I do not feel like there was anything of consequence that added to me being one of the three. I just felt like it was an extra dialogue choice that kind of helped flesh out some... I guess like lore a little bit, okay. you know, or something like that, but nothing of consequence came from me being a street kid at all. Damn. That is kind of disappointing. That was the one thing, like when I was playing through that sequence and it was like, all right, you meet Jackie. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, well, I wonder what would happen if I did this. And then it was like, all right, so you meet Jackie. And then now, now you're at the same exact point. I was like, Oh, well, okay. <laughs> Right, yeah. Uh, that was a little bit disappointing for me, but I also didn't play nearly as much as uh, as you did. So, um, but now with it being patched, I should probably uh, hop back in. Um, yeah, it's worth it. I would say delve into it now because it's a lot more enjoyable. Yeah. Mm, awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, um, let's go ahead and get to our picks of the week. Uh, I will start us out. Uh, so I wanted to pimp out a uh, album from uh, Morgan Barnes, who is the uh, he is the host of Swordchomp, uh, and I have come to be, become. Uh, I, I don't want to say we're friends because uh, um, I, I, I'm. We don't know each other. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like calling people friends that, like, I'm not talking with on a regular basis because, like, we're friendly for sure, but we're not yeah, friends, right. if that makes sense. Acquaintance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, like, I, I feel like, uh, you know, me and Morgan, we, we talk on a, on a, uh, off and on basis. And I really like him. I think he's a really good guy. Um, he's a great host. Uh, pimp out, sore chomp, real quick. Uh, go listen to them. They're fucking awesome. I love those guys. But uh, one of his passions is music. He really likes music. And he created this project called The Great White, uh, W-I-G-H-T, Dread. <clears throat> and uh, this was released back in January, but he had a uh, debut album of sorts just called Great White Dread. Um, and it's really good. Uh, I listened to it a lot when he first dropped it and was like, hey, you guys should check this out or whatever. And uh, he just dropped a new single, and I went back to it, and it's it's very good. It's it's very very good. I'm very proud of him. I think what he made here was is something great. It's sort of a uh, down tempo, almost synth wave, but not quite uh, electronica album. And um, it doesn't have any lyrics, but he said that it's a sort of concept album about a shark and getting revenge. So it's it's almost like man eater. <laughs> Uh, but it's, it's got some real fucking bangers on there. Like, uh, hang on, let me pull it up real quick. I forget the name of the song. I know one of them is she wants revenge, um, uh, boat party and skinny dip drip are both really, really great songs. Uh, I really like she lost everything. I think that that one's really good, but 
overall, it's it's ten songs. It's only twenty five minutes long. I really really like it, and I think that if you're into that sort of music, you should definitely give it a shot. Yeah. Uh, Austin. Um, or, before yeah, well, go ahead. I need. I'm gonna do mine because I gotta go. So. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, Everybody's just leaving my, this episode. I think I've done this before. Yeah, I'm out. I swear I have, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, my pick of the week is uh, so the, the the group is Young the Giant, mm. and the song is called Cough Syrup. It's just a really good feel good song. It's a like it's like a lot of the songs that I've recommended in the past, outside of like the hip hop stuff. Um, it, it just this is like you're cruising on a hot summer day and you got the windows down. It's just that kind of song. It feels good. Um, so just check it out. Give it a shot. It's it's delectable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> delectable. Okay. All right. Well, uh, go take care of your thing. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Get out of here. Um, I will do one better real quick. Uh, I will go ahead and recommend that entire album. It's just called Young the Giant from Young the Giant. It's great. Start to finish. Um, well, word. Austin... Yeah. Go ahead and tell me what your pick of the week is. My pick of the week is an anime that Madison and I started watching yesterday, and we uh, finished today. Uh, it is called Skate the Infinity. Uh, oh, it is exactly what, what it sounds down. like. Is it not? What did I put down? You put down Death Parade. <laughs> oh, you're right. I'm like okay. sitting here. I was like, what? <laughs> All right. Well, then fuck Skate the Infinity. I'm going to talk about Death Parade because I think Death Parade's better. Um I'll do Skate the Infinity next week. So, okay. I, I'm, yeah. There, there you go, guys. Peeking in next week's episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, my pick of the week is uh, Death Parade. Mm-hmm. Um, I, oh boy, I have never been hurt so bad by a 12 episode anime in my entire life. <laughs> um, it, it really got me. I, so, me and Madison do this really dumb thing where whenever we can't think of an anime to watch, we go on YouTube and look up anime intro compilations. And if we think the intro is enough of a banger, we will actually go out of our way to then watch that show and see if we actually like it or not. Um, it's a fun little thing that we do together to try to, you know, find new things to watch that are outside of our norm, uh, normal tastes. Um, but one of them a couple months uh, a couple months ago was Death Parade. I started watching it. I uh, actually thought that I had finished it, uh, not knowing that I actually fell asleep. And I, I, I'm assuming that's what happened because I, I don't remember any of like the last six fucking episodes. So I here I was thinking I finished it and talking about it like a fucking animal and not having actually finished it. Um, but I have finished it and it's <laughs> Jesus Christ. It, it's got a really upbeat like pop like Japanese pop intro. And you're like, OK, cool. This is going to be lighthearted and sweet. No, it's not. It's one of the most depressing fucking things I've ever seen. Um, the whole premise of the show is there is a hotel or not like a hotel, but like a bar called the Quindecum. Mm -hmm. And, um, whenever two people die at the same time, whether they just happen to be in the same place or they're a couple or, you know, whatever, um, they actually get sent, uh, together to Quindecum. It's kind of like a purgatory and they are judged on whether or not they'll be, uh, sent to heaven and reincarnated or they will go to hell, which is just like a black void that your soul enters and it just never returns. Oh, um, dark. Yeah. And, and the way, the way the, uh, the, the, one of the main characters name is Deckham. Uh, he's what's called an arbiter. He's basically like, he's basically like an angel and he pretty much just, he judges these people and decides whether they're going to heaven or hell or not. 
And the way he decides that is he makes them uh, play a game. Like he has like a whole roulette wheel with a bunch of different games. And uh, they have to play their their games with like very extreme conditions. Like uh, the first episode was actually a married couple that had died. Uh, They got into a car crash. And um, the whole reason they died was because the, the husband was thinking the wife was cheating on him when she actually wasn't. And so her phone was going off while they were driving. He was like, oh, let me see your phone, bitch. And uh, kept trying to snag the phone from her. Uh, I, you laugh, but that's word for word dialogue. <laughs> um, that's, that's almost hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he he, kept, he keeps trying. He's like driving, keeps trying to like uh, uh, swipe her phone from her, not paying attention. And he, you know, runs through a guard rail on a mountain and goes straight down into the ocean and killing them both. Jesus. Um but uh, he sets them up to play this game with each other, and, and, and it starts out just being a simple game of darts, but then they realized uh, each uh, score zone on the dartboard is actually linked to each other's uh, nervous system and, like, different parts of their body. Oh, shit. So when the man would throw, when the husband would throw a dart, like, I think the first one he hit was, like, her shoulder, so she gets, like, an intense pain in her shoulder. And then he throws it again and hits the stomach and she like part of her stomach lining ruptures. Jesus. And the whole point is to get them into these extreme conditions to where they start to compete to one another. And then like how bad or how good of a person they actually are on the inside starts to kind of come out over time as they end up being scared for their life Mm -hmm. because they come to this hotel with no memory of dying. So they don't know that they're dead. They and then they proposed the game to them on the assumption that if you lose, you die, mm-hmm. even though you're both actually already dead. They just don't know that. Yeah. Um, so there's they end up getting scared for their life and trying to out out uh, like the first episode. They both end up getting scared for their life, trying to, to outdo one another, uh, uh, come to find out the the wife was having an affair and she was pregnant, but it was somebody else's child. Uh, then come to find out that uh, that wasn't actually the case at all, and she was mad at him for something else and was lying about all of that just to hurt him. Um, so he, the husband ends up going to heaven, and the wife ends up going to hell. Shit. And it's shit like that. There, there's the episodes where both of them go to heaven. I think episode two was actually like a really sweet like teenage couple that died on the bus together. Um, and then episode three, uh, they both end up going to hell. And it, it was it it's just a fucking ride. It's a trippy fucking ride. And it's only twelve episodes and it's on Hulu and you should go watch it. It was pretty good. I give it like a um, solid eight and a half out of ten. Alright. Well I'll I'll have to check that out. That does sound very interesting for sure. Uh you said it was on Funimation? It's on Funimation uh subbed and dubbed, and I think it's on Hulu only subbed. Okay. But I could be wrong. It could be dubbed on Hulu too. Okay. All right. Well, um, awesome. Yeah, I'll check that out. Uh, in the meantime, as always, you can find us on social media for all things Culture Bop, Hunting Pixels, and the Culture Bop family of content. Hunting Pixels is available on Twitter at Pixels Hunting and on Instagram at Hunting underscore Pixels CB. You can find me on Twitter at the TheBebopMan182, on Instagram at TheBebopMan182, and on Twitch at The underscore BebopMan. Um, and I lied, uh, when I was talking with Barry, uh, mm-hmm. that I was going to start streaming this week. That's not going to happen. Just I, I do not have <laughs> straight the fuck up. Not happening. I do not have the, uh, the time. Yeah. Same. Um, as bad as I want to, it's just not happening right now. Yeah. So, uh, 
that's not happening, but still go follow me. Um, yeah. Uh, you can find Dylan on Twitter at OMDizzy, on Instagram at OMDizzyTV, and on Twitch at OMDizzy. And finally, we have Mr. Stevens. That's me. He's available on Twitter at Big Papa Plays, on Instagram at Big Papa Stevens underscore, or at Big Papa Plays. He's on Twitch at Big Papa Plays. And finally, he is on TikTok. I am. <sighs> I am. Add big hey, TikTok points. works, man. It works. TikTok works. TikTok works. It does work. Um, Dr. Fumbles, Ben, who was in here, um, he did not give me anything to shout out, uh, but he is on Twitter, I'm pretty sure, at Dr. Fumbles 07. Um, he doesn't tweet a whole lot anymore. He had a podcast uh, that you can actually go uh, check out backlog uh, episodes for called Too Young to Feel This Old. Um, he and, uh, his, uh, co-host were, um, they, uh, had to shut down. Ben became a father. Um, so they no longer have any current episodes available. I'm not sure if they're starting back up or anything like that. Uh, but you can go check that out if you want. Um, yeah, that's, that's it. Right. <laughs> long dramatic pause, long dramatic pause. Um, yeah, so just, uh, I don't even know. I don't know what I'm saying. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.